Uh, yeah, let's read God's words together. Um, scripture reading is Acts 13, 1 to 3. Now, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lysias of Cyrene, Manan, a lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Garth. Morning, everybody. Good to see you all. Um, it's been a special few weeks in our church family. It's felt significant. It's felt like a um, just a, a really significant time. We've had baptisms last week, baby dedications this week, um, brilliant things to get to do as a church family and to celebrate together. And we, it's felt like a formative time as well, I feel like, these last few weeks because um, we have been uh, doing what we always do at this time of the year. We've been going back to what we call our Family Traits series, um, which is really a time for us to consider what we're all about as a church family, why we do the things that we do, why we uh, live as a church family in the ways that we do. Um, it's a good time if you're someone who's visiting to, to maybe have been here as well because you get to hear a little bit about the life of village uh, and what's important to us. And um, in this Family Traits series, we've been thinking about those three pillars that we have of gospel, community, and mission, which are foundational to who we are and which drive and shape everything that we do as a church. And thought in these last couple of weeks uh, about mission particularly, focused on that, uh, about what the mission is that we are called to as God's people and why we're called to go on that mission. He calls us as his people, God, to go and make disciples of all nations, to go and to live in a way that represents Jesus Christ as his ambassadors in this world and to share the good news of the gospel with others, the hope that we have in Jesus, so that we call them then to put their faith in Jesus as well, to experience the life that comes in him. And we go on this mission like we looked at last week. The why is because, well, we're compelled by the love of Jesus Christ for us. We go because we are filled with his compassion the compassion that he felt towards us as those who were lost, helpless, harassed sheep in this world. We're going to think more this week as we finish off on the how of mission. How do we do mission together? What does it look like for us as a church to live missionally together? I think when we, we talk about mission or evangelism, we can individualize it a lot. We think of me, myself, going and living as a follower of Jesus Christ, sharing the gospel with others in my life. And that's absolutely critical. That is right and proper. We are a body of Christ made up of individual parts, all called to be on this disciple-making mission for Jesus Christ. We all go as his ambassadors in this world, ready to give an answer for the hope that we have in Jesus. We've different lives. We've different, different spheres of influence different opportunities every day, every week to share Jesus with others in this world. 
And so it's right to think about mission or evangelism individually, uh, which is why we're planning to do some evangelism training for us as a church, to think about our personal evangelism. We're going to do that on Sunday the 7th of November in the evening, so keep that in your diary. It's a time for us to to grow in this and and to think about how we live missionally in those different spheres of life uh, that God has sovereignly placed us. But here's the thing. The main narrative that we see as we read through God's Word, the New Testament, especially the book of Acts, is God's mission being carried out through community. We think of God's people going together. We think of Matthew 28, Jesus calling his disciples to himself and and calling them to go, not as, as lone rangers, but to go together to make disciples of all nations. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus, again, he he says to his disciples, you're going to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you, and then when it does, you're going to go and you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's how the gospel is going to spread, right to the very ends of the earth. That's how my glory, God says, is going to fill the earth. It's through you, my people, going together, living together, for me, proclaiming the message of my kingdom. That Jesus Christ, he's come to this earth. He's lived the perfect life that none of us could ever live. He's he's met all of God's standards for righteousness, for holiness. And in doing that, he has lived how we could never live, met the standard that God has set that we could never meet. And his death, is for us as well. He died to take our unrighteousness on himself and and to clothe us in his righteousness, to give us new life. He rose to life again after three days in the tomb, ascended to the right hand of his father, and we wait until the day he will return to take us to be with him forever in glory. That's the message that we share with this world and we show as God's people what it looks like to live as part of God's kingdom here on earth. We give people a taste of his kingdom and that's what we do as the church together as God's people. As we love each other, as we love Jesus and as we love our city of Belfast, we become part of seeing God's kingdom break through here on earth as it is in heaven. And at Village, we believe that the primary way God's kingdom spreads throughout this earth to the ends of the earth is through planting gospel-centered, biblically faithful, disciple-making churches. That's what we believe. As a church, when we think about mission, we think about church planting. Planting churches across our city of Belfast, across this island of Ireland, across the globe, Churches who are able to connect the gospel of Jesus Christ to their local communities and become disciple makers in those communities. We think this way because that's the way God's people thought about it in the New Testament. And there's a book called Church in Hard Places written by a guy called Mez McConnell. And he says this in that book, the local church is God's primary evangelism mission strategy. The Apostle Paul thought of the region from Jerusalem to Illyricum, which we would say today is the kind of region of the Balkans. He thought of that area as being reached with the gospel. The ministry of the gospel was fulfilled there 
Was that because Paul had preached the gospel in every community and in every home in that area? Of course not. Instead, Paul could check that part of the world off his list because he knew that there were churches in those places. Paul knew that the churches there were how the gospel would spread into all the individual neighborhoods because local churches do local evangelism. And this is why if you've been around Village for a while, you'll know that church planting is in our DNA. We're part of the Acts 29 Global Church Planting Network. Both of our congregations here at Village East and at Village South over in the Ormo Road at Hay Park Avenue, both uh, came from being church plants. Ten years ago, Glen Abbey Church commissioned Lucas and Sue Parks, who were the kind of founding pastors of this church, to go and plant a church here in Belfast. It started in South Belfast in a tiny living room with a small group of people. It was really the gospel being planted, not a church in those days. Those people studying God's word together, trying to uh, grapple with what it looked like to, to follow Jesus in Belfast today. They ate together in people's homes. They discipled each other. They shared the gospel with others and invited them into that community. There was no church building to meet in in those days. No programs, really. No staff team. But look what the Lord has done. He's been so good, so faithful. Look what the Holy Spirit has done and how it's worked and how a community of believers has been raised up here. And we're now 10 years down the line, an established young church. We've elders that have been raised up. We're in the process of of thinking about raising up deacons as well in our church. People being baptized as we did last week. More structures in place like our kids ministry, 35 to 40 kids who are involved in our church family here. We're thinking about buying this building in the process of doing that so that we can have a home establishing roots in this area and a gospel presence in this neighborhood and in this community. It all started with gospel seeds being sown in people's lives and God building a community around that. And then three years ago, October 2018, Andrew and Haley Elder, who are here this morning, and a group of about 25 people who were part of the church family here at East, but who were the originals from the, the Ormo Road kind of area, who lived on that, on that er- in that area, they went back to the Ormo Road and planted a second congregation there. And in Hay Park Avenue, it was a bit different. They had a, a church building to meet in. They were a group of about 25, 30 people. Um, but it was a, a church plant again the gospel being planted there in that community. And and praise God, uh, he's been growing that community to around 60, 70 members now. It's thriving and growing. They've seen new life in the church family. They're in the process of appointing deacon, or elders, sorry, at the moment. And this is all what God has done through churches being planted in our city of Belfast. And for both east here and south there, Our job isn't done whenever a church is planted. One of the big goals Acts 29 has in planting churches is to plant church planting churches. Churches that are going to continue to look for ways to raise up church planters and and to plant more churches in places that the gospel is needed. And that's why as a church family we're preaching this morning 
on church planting. And that's why we're thinking about it today because our missional goal that we set as a church for these three years is to explore planting a church, to, to see God raise up those who are gonna be involved in, in a church plant. And this is who we are as a church. It's, it's always gonna be what we're committed to. It's gonna influence and it's gonna shape the way we invest our time, our energy, our money, and our efforts. And it's never about growing the name of Village Church across this city or across Northern Ireland. It's never about that. It's always about growing the kingdom of God. Seeing disciples being made, the gospel breaking into new communities, and people's lives being transformed through meeting Jesus Christ. People literally being taken from eternal death to eternal life. That is why we do it. And throughout the book of Acts, we see church planting being that primary way that God's kingdom extends and spreads. More and more people who need Jesus are meeting Jesus and receiving new life in him. Churches were being established in new places, and it all started from the church in Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus given his disciples that, that commission to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them, and then they were going to go... And they were going to be his witnesses in Judea and Samaria to the very ends of the earth. And in Acts chapter 2, we see it at the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit does fall on the disciples. Peter, empowered by the Holy Spirit, he stands up and he preaches the gospel. And many, many people turn in repentance and faith to Jesus. And this first church in Jerusalem is born. And it's a big one. Thousands saved on that day and added to the number. But a mega church in Jerusalem with thousands of people wasn't God's ultimate plan to reach the nations. And as we fast forward through the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 8, we see persecution comes to that church in Jerusalem. One of the brothers, Stephen, is murdered. And Saul, who later becomes the Apostle Paul, one of the, the greatest, if not the greatest, church planter in history, he's there approving of that murder. He's there ravaging the church, hostile towards God's people. And chapter 8 tells us at the very start that there was great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the Apostles. Now, we might think, what a shame this is, this church being torn apart by persecution. But here's where we see how Satan's evil schemes are used by God to fulfill his divine purposes. Here's where we see that God will always build his church, and even the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Because look what, look what happens as the Christians move out from Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 11, verse 19 to 21, this is what it says. Now, now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen, those in Jerusalem who were scattered because of that persecution, they traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except the Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number who believed turned to the Lord. You see what's happening? 
The church has been scattered. The people of God in these new places start to do what faithful followers of Jesus Christ do. They live out their faith together. They gather together to worship. They share their faith with others. And look what God does. He's faithful in raising up new believers and adding to their number. Many people become Christians in Antioch, in a place 300 miles north of Jerusalem, in a place with no gospel presence up to this point, but now a church is established, it's planted. And it's no longer just Jews either. The gospel is now moving from Jews to the Greeks, to the Gentiles, into all the world, just as Jesus said it would. And look with me at this pas- the passage that we read this morning in Acts 13. Because if you've ever wondered if the gospel has the power to break down dividing walls of hostility across a city, to break down the divisions that exist between people, look at some of the characters that are mentioned in this church. Look at verse 1. Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Now, just to pick out a couple, we've seen Saul already. This is the Apostle Paul. He later becomes the Apostle Paul. And we've read already what he is doing just a few chapters before in chapter 8. He's ravaging the church, tearing the church apart, persecuting God's people. But look, what what's happened? He he has now had this dramatic conversion, been brought into God's family, and now he is one of the people who's going to be sent out to preach the gospel, to plant churches in other places. Manan, look what it says about him. He's a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch. Herod the Tetrarch, you remember back into the gospels, in Matthew's gospel, he's the one who killed John the Baptist, Herod the Tetrarch. He's the one who was involved in in the trial that actually led to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And here we have Manan, Herod the Tetrarch's buddy, lifelong friend. And you might be wondering, what's he doing here? But here's where we see the power of the gospel, how the gospel transforms lives and unites us. Doesn't this show us how the gospel is the power to bring salvation to all who believe in Jesus? Doesn't this show us how all should be given the opportunity to hear and respond to the good news of the gospel? And look what happens next in Antioch, verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Antioch becomes a church-planting church. They're a church that's committed to the Lord, seeking his will, longing to hear from him, and they do. God speaks to them. The Holy Spirit says, send out church planters. Paul and Barnabas, send them out, and that's what they do. They're obedient to the Lord's call, and this starts the first of three missionary journeys for the Apostle Paul. Three missionary journeys which saw gospel seeds being spread far and wide. More and more churches being planted and Christianity spreading across the globe. We can trace our church roots back to here in Acts chapter 13. How the gospel moves out from this point and how we exist here today as a gospel-shaped community of believers. 
And none of this should surprise us because what we see throughout the Bible is that church planting is the normal part of being a healthy church. Church planting is how God's kingdom spreads and extends. People being faithful in sharing their lives and sharing the gospel with others and God being faithful in forming new communities around them. Think about being one of, part of one of those churches in Jerusalem or Antioch. Probably uh, big, big churches. Probably um, growing in numbers. Great things happening. Thriving ministries, I'm sure. You can imagine what their kids' ministry must have looked like. The easy thing, the comfortable thing might have been to just hunker down and say, this is us. We're going to stay here. We're going to continue to grow as big as we can. But that wasn't God's plan for the kingdom. His plan is to win the nations, to see people from every tribe and every tongue and every nation added to his family. Habakkuk 2 verse 14, it basically gives us what God's goal or his ambition for the gospel is. It says that God will be satisfied when the earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's the ambition of the gospel. That's our desire on mission as a church, for God's glory to fill the earth as the water covers the sea. And when it comes to mission church planting, it's not easy. It's not the the comfortable, secure kind of an option. It can be difficult to to do what, what we did as a church family three years ago and send out some of our core kind of leaders, those who really get the vision and values of our church, those who are influential in in serving in the life of this church. That's difficult to send them out to plant a church elsewhere. But there's a gospel need, isn't there? There's a need for us to to go to people. We think of of, uh, our church here in East growing bigger and bigger and bigger, but how would we ever reach people on the other side of the city if that was our goal? How would we ever reach people in other parts of this island of Ireland? How would we do that unless we plant churches? Think of the the west of Belfast. Think of one of the 70 towns or villages in the south of Ireland with a population of over 5,000 people that has no evangelical church. Ireland is the least evangelized English-speaking country in the world, and it's right on our doorstep. There are two great gospel needs before us, and how will we reach them with the gospel? If we're all in East, and the people are in West, how would we reach them over there? In order to reach other parts of this city, we must go. In order to reach other parts of this island, we must go. We need to live as God's people in community, immersing ourselves in that culture which is so different from our own. And as we thought about the west of Belfast, and this is something that Lucas, before he left, I even listened back to um, the commissioning of Andrew and Haley going over to uh, south And throughout that service uh, in October 2018, so much was talked about of the west of Belfast. It was something that the Lord laid on Lucas's heart and has laid on many of our hearts in this church family. And we've been asking the Lord to lead us in this, praying to him to guide us and to kind of give us his wisdom and knowledge on how to do this. 
And unbeknownst to us, he'd been doing the same thing with, with two people uh, in a very different part of the world, um, all the way over in America. He'd been doing it with Nathan, Nathan and Emily Brown. So I'm going to, at this point, ask Nathan and Emily to come up, because um, really, as we, as we think about church planting, there's probably no, no people who are better placed right now come on up to, to talk about that with us. Um, these guys, if you don't know them, I realize that there's probably a lot of us in this church family in East who haven't met these guys. They've been over on South, really, for the last year, um, serving there and being part of the church family there. You've maybe seen them on Zoom. That seems to be the way a lot of people have um, kind of seen you guys, but not in the flesh. So here they are in the flesh. They do exist. They're not actually in America. They're here in Belfast. Um, so you guys, um, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Tell us a little bit about your family um, and... Uh, just about you guys coming here, I suppose, to Belfast. I got nominated for the fluff question, so there you go. <laughs> um, we're so happy to be here with you guys this morning. Um, I'm looking out, and there's a lot of faces I don't know, and there's some that I do know, so I'm just so glad to be with you guys this morning. Thank you for having us. No um, Nathan and I, um, we've been married for 14 years. We, we love each other and we like each other, which is great, especially when you're moving across and we're the only faces that we get to see um, being in isolation and quarantine. We have two little boys, Gideon and Titus, and if you haven't seen them, no doubt you probably heard them. They're uh, tons of fun, um, very vibrant boys. We love them very much. Um, they're tons of fun. Um, we moved here from New Orleans where we were planting. Uh, we planted a church in New Orleans. We were there for almost a decade. Um, and that was where the Lord really um, laid on our hearts um, reconciliation. Uh, we got to work um, there in New Orleans, of course, a city with a history um, with racial reconciliation. That was really our heart. And then the Lord totally began to work with us. We didn't know where he was leading us, and we ended up um, coming here, and that was really where, mm -hmm. you know, everything kind of began was mm -hmm. the heart for reconciliation yeah. and also for church planting. So, Brilliant. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit uh, about West then, because obviously being over in America, um, people might wonder about what was the kind of draw then, or, or how did you feel that call to the West of Belfast? Um, how did that kind of come about? Yeah, um, so uh, that was kind of a, it wasn't a immediate moment that everything kind of happened. It was something that kind of transpired over several months. Um, it, it really began um, around 2015, 2016, just feeling like the Lord was calling us out uh, to plant another church. Um, so basically leaving our, our time there in New Orleans and, and leaving and planting um, another church. And so at the time we envisioned it just being in the States that we would be there. Um, and so, but every, every time we went to a different place to kind of pray about, uh, we went to two cities specifically in the southern U.S. where we both were like, yes, this is it. Uh, went to both of those and just never really felt released by the Holy Spirit to, to do that. Um, and then we came here um, in 2017. And while we were here, um, specifically as we were kind of just traveling around Belfast and we went to West um, specifically, just in our time there in West, um, just hearing the stories, hearing, you know, seeing the walls, seeing the faces, and just feeling this overwhelming just 
conviction by the Holy Spirit. Like, this is where I want you. This is where I've called you to. Everything in New Orleans, all the time there has been actually a preparation for this. Um, I'm, I'm actually calling you to this work here. And so we felt this kind of this, this driving and this prompting of the Holy Spirit to, to move here uh, without having any connections, any relationships, <laughs> any friendships, any money, uh, any visas, any of that stuff. I'm like, all right, God, and you're just going to have to kind of put it all together. And, uh, you know, it took a while, a lot longer than probably our timeline would have been, mm-hmm. but uh, he definitely kind of brought us all together. And so just, just we have a desire to see, um, you know, West Belfast, as you know, there is, uh, there's not a significant gospel proclaiming thriving church in that community. And so we want to we see that. We want to see God glorified through that. So mm-hmm. that's, that's our Great. Um, um, it's been interesting getting to know you guys a bit more as well and just even your story of being in New Orleans and how that even relates to a lot of the stuff with West. Uh, you've shared some great stories and, and I'd encourage you as well to to talk to these guys. They're going to be around a little bit more as well. They're over in South Bits and Pieces, but come in here um, to East and, and do chat to them, meet up with them. They're living in, in East here um, and just hear some of those stories and, and hear about their heart uh, for the West. Um, but we've obviously, as a church, we've been... Um, aware that to, to plant a church over there in the West where there is a real need, it's going to start by planting the gospel. It's, it's maybe not going to look like what South looked like with 25, 30 people. It's, it's not going to have a, a church building necessarily. It's maybe going to look more like what East in those early days in, in planting a church looked like with uh, just a, a small group of people in a living room uh, reading God's word together, singing may, not, singing may not even be a thing in those days as it wasn't in East in the early days, but um, you know, growing in that and seeing what the Lord will do in that and people living over there, being part of the community over there. Um, and we as a church, we, we've been praying about that and, and um, really this, the way the Lord has led us to this, for us being able to partner with you in that and to be able to do kind of what we see in, in Acts 13 with Saul and, and with Barnabas of being commissioned and sent out. Um, so th- thinking of that, whereabouts kind of are you in the process with things and thinking about planting um, and what, what do you kind of hope happens next for you? So, so right now, um, Acts 29 has a cohort, which is, has been great. Um, we've been meeting with them for about the last six months. Uh, eventually, the, the hope and desire is that we will go through that assessment process in the, in the months to come, and that kind of uh, more formalizes um, our relationships with, with Acts 29. Um, and they, they're helping us on the, on the journey. You know, what things do we need? What things are we missing? Uh, what things are we, are we doing well in that we need to keep improving on and that sort of thing? And so um, they've been great with us. Um, you guys have been great with us. Every time we get together to pray, you guys have always been faithful to, to pray for us. Um, and kind of in the season that we're in right now, we've been praying um, as our, uh, the existing kind of core team that we have. Um, we have three members from Village South that have kind of joined us. They also feel that heart and desire to, to move to West Belfast to join us. And so we've been, uh, right now we've been meeting monthly just to pray for West Belfast and kind of do some teachings and see where the Lord is. Uh, kind of leading us um, Mm -hmm. in in planting. Um, Rachel and and Joe are already, um, they're already living in West Belfast, Mm -hmm. which is is wonderful. So they're trying to make connections and relationships with their neighbors and and, uh, those in the community right now. Um, The Lord has kind of given us some crazy supernatural (laughs) kind of, uh, he's threw us in with a bunch of relationships that we wouldn't have anticipated, um, mainly with a lot of people from a former paramilitary paramilitary background. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the Lord's just been kind of just, we've been 
basically just trying to sit in our seats and just kind of see where the Lord's taking us yeah. here on this, on this drive. So it's been, it's been cool. We've been able to share the gospel with several people over there. And so it's just, it's just cool to see where the Lord is directing us with all this. But right now, that uh, we are, uh, our biggest need right now is to get to west. We're, uh, we're just around the corner and east. Uh, we do want to get in West Belfast, but that has been a, a, an issue because uh, we want to live in the community, obviously, that we want to plant. Um, so that's been an issue with us just trying to obtain housing at the mm-hmm. moment. Great. And just to, to finish with, how then, as a church, can we partner with you in this? Yeah. Um, you're good. <laughs> um, yes, just keep praying. Just keep praying for us for sure. Um, we, like Nathan mentioned, we do, God has given us some relationships um, with, with some very well-known people in that area. Um, and we are, are able to see them grappling with the gospel, mm-hmm. um, understanding their own barriers to coming into the faith. And we know that God is definitely at work in that. And we know what that would mean for, for mm-hmm. them to come to faith and what that would mean for the community as well. So just be in prayer for us that we would mm-hmm. continue to have opportunities to share the gospel um, and that the doors would be open for us there, um, that we would be able to find a place. Um, that's mm-hmm. the biggest piece that we're really missing is mm-hmm. being able to actually be there and have a presence there continually where we can build trust. Um, just, yeah, that would be great if you guys just pray with us. Yes. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much, you two, um, for coming up and, and sharing a little bit. Let's give these guys a round of applause. As we kind of wrap things up and draw to a close here, um, I, I just want to hone in on that mission goal that we have as a church then as we think about um, continuing to plant churches uh, and keeping that in focus over the next few years. These guys have already kind of shared how we can continue to be involved and, and partner in that. And three practical ways I've got is just prayer, as they've mentioned, uh, financially uh, and through personnel, through people. Um, let's, let's be praying for church planting. Let's be praying that um, God would raise up church planters, workers, laborers who would go into that harvest field, wherever that is. Uh, so many places across Ireland that are in desperate need of workers in the harvest field. So many people who are ready uh, and, and ripe, I suppose, to hear and respond to the gospel. Um, we desperately want to see communities of believers there. People being raised up in those communities, these guys talked about it as well. People from the west of Belfast coming to faith in Jesus and being in the communities that they've grown up in. That's what we long to see. So let's pray for that. Um, Financially as well, we want to continue to support uh, church planting. Uh, We see that throughout the book of Acts. Churches like Antioch who are sending people out, uh, funding people as they go. Um, That's the kind of church we want to be. And and, and we've been supported in the past financially so generously by churches, especially over in America. And now we want to be that kind of a, a generous church that helps other church planters, that helps other church plants to grow and to become established. Um, We uh, have been doing that, I suppose, for the last three to four years with uh, church planters in in Turkey. Um, In Acts 29, they're exploring what church planting in other places of Europe might look like as well, where there are gospel need. Uh, And so we want to to grow in our generosity so that we can then be part of of God's continuing mission to to take the gospel and to see his kingdom spread to, to all nations. And then finally, just thinking about our own hearts. Maybe the, maybe the Lord is, is laying church planting uh, on our hearts this morning, or in your heart. He's doing something in you, 
where maybe like Nathan and Emily or Andrew and Haley, you feel um, that, that call, that pull to a certain place. Maybe you don't even know where that place might be right now, but, but you feel that the Lord is laying a gospel need in your heart and he's saying to you to go, to, to be sent out as a worker in that harvest field. So let's continue to pray about that and let's continue to think as a church what it, look like, what it would look like for us to send people out um, it would probably for us as elders there, there would be no better conversation to have really with people than if, if members came to us and said I feel that calling to go I feel like there's that place that, that the Lord has laid in my heart the, for the people there he's given me that compassion for the lost and can we talk about what that might look like can you pray for me in that those are just three practical ways that we can be involved in church planting here at Village, and we want to continue to grow in. And, and, and as we finish, what's our ultimate desire in planting churches? What's our ultimate goal and mission? It's what we talked about in, in Habakkuk 2, 14, that, that the knowledge of the glory of God would fill the earth, would spread across this world as the water covers the seas, that people everywhere would see and experience the glory of God, not just now, but for all eternity. People would turn to Jesus Christ, put their trust in him and, and know life in him, true life, life as it's meant to be. How is that gonna happen though? It's gonna happen through us as God's people going, being faithful to the command obedient to God's call to go and make disciples of all nations. That's what we see throughout the book of Acts happening. That's what we see having happened over these last 2,000 years throughout history of churches being planted. And here's the encouragement that we get as we go. Our presence here this morning is a reminder that God's mission is unstoppable. That nothing is gonna stand in his way that there will come a day, and we can be sure of this, when God's glory will cover the earth as the water covers the seas. That day will come. Jesus Christ is gonna to return to this earth and he's gonna fully and finally usher in God's kingdom forever. And we, as God's people, we get to see God's glory with our own eyes on that day. Listen to what it says in Revelation 7, verse 9. John sees that vision of that day, and, and he says this, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That day is coming. We look forward to that day as God's people, but we long for more and more people in our city of Belfast, across this island of Ireland, across the world, to see God's glory on that day, to be part of that great multitude. That's our hope. That's our prayer. That's our goal in church planning. Let me pray for us as we finish. Father God, we just thank you for the gospel of Jesus Christ, for what you have done in our own lives, Lord. 
that you've lifted us from the darkness of sin, from the guilt of uh, our sin, Lord, and you have given us new life in Jesus Christ through his death on the cross for us. Lord, you have lifted us from eternal death and given us the hope of eternal life forever, that one day, Lord, we will see your glory with our own eyes, that we'll experience it for all eternity, Lord. What a prospect that is. But Lord, it's our, it's our longing as your people that many more people would experience your glory as well, Lord. That many more would be added to that multitude of people who stand before your throne praising you forever, Lord. Lord, fill us with your compassion for those who are lost and perishing, Lord. Lord, we pray that we would be compelled by your love and sent out to go and make disciples, Lord, to go and live lives that are faithful to you in this world and and to share the the hope that we have in Jesus with others who, who need to hear it, Lord. Lord, empower us by your Spirit. Strengthen us and give us wisdom, Lord, by your Word. And Lord, may we together as your people, may we go um, knowing, Lord, that the mission that you've sent us on is one that can never be stopped, that will never be derailed. Lord, you just call us to to go as you've called Nathan and Emily, um, to open our hands to you and, and to ask you to lead us. And Lord, you will be faithful to us. I pray for Nathan and Emily today. We we thank you, Lord, for sending them here to this church family. We thank you, Lord, for laying on their heart um, a a compassion for those who are over in the west of Belfast, Lord, for uh, the desire you've put on their heart to to see people over there uh, being brought from death to life and knowing Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray today that you would um, provide for them the things that they need right now, a home over there so that they can go and establish roots there. We pray, Lord, as well uh, for their, um, their presence over there in the community, that they get to know people there, that they be able to make relationships with people, Lord, and that they continue to do what they have been doing, uh, taking the opportunities that you give them, Lord, uh, to point people to Jesus. Lord, I pray that um, in our hearts that you'll continue to work and, and help us to, to know, Lord, how we can partner with them in this gospel work. And Lord, we thank you uh, for what you have done for us in Jesus Christ. And may that be what drives us to go and, and to live for you and to share you with others. And we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Um,